Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. The racing. The big one. The camping. It's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right guys hey it's monday night and welcome back it's time to get rowdy one more monday night and i got kyle magnum my way up there at pa how's it going kyle Hey, Rowdy, uh, we got a lot to go over tonight. Uh, we got a guest on tonight, and uh, got a lot to cover. You know, we got more short track racing coming up in the next few weeks, and uh, we go from Richmond to Martinsville, so we stay in Virginia as well. So, Kyle, we're reaching up to your end of the of the country. We got Bobby Jones calling in tonight. Uh, he's getting ready to race in the Modifieds at Mahoney Valley Speedway this coming April the 9th. Right, Rowdy, the Twin 45s, the Freddie Ham Tribute Races. Uh, Going to open up the season on Saturday at Mahoning Valley Speedway. I uh, just want to say thanks to Dino for uh, reaching out, um, for helping me out, for helping us out. So um, good to have him on our side, and uh, good that uh, we get Bobby on tonight. I've never been on the show before, but uh, it'll be good to have somebody new on. And, uh, Kyle, I've been to Mahoney, man. A lot of these drivers, I've never been to their tracks, but it's been a wonderful night in Mahoney Valley Speedway, and we've talked about it with uh, uh, Stephanie Moore. Uh, They're passionate, Kyle, really passionate, so looking forward to having Bobby on. It's opening night. Look, Kyle, the crowds have been big. It's going to be decent weather. Y'all have had cold weather. It's time to get out. I imagine there's going to be a big crowd at Mahoney Valley this weekend. It's very possible, Rowdy. Uh, Even last year was pretty good on April 3rd. Um, Hopefully it's the same this year. Uh, Don't know. The start time is 5 o'clock on Saturday. That's when the heat races are supposed to begin. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they go and uh, see if uh, what Matt Hirschman's up to. Um, I know uh, he's been winning some races down south lately with the Smart Tour. So the, the tour that Bobby Labonte runs in. So um should be interesting to see what happens. And uh, we'll just uh, we'll have to see if uh, Matt will show up. We don't know. I don't, I don't know what his schedule is, but I know he's been, like I said, he's been hitting the races down south. So um, we'll have to see what shows up. You know, same with Austin Beers. We don't know about him either. He might be full-time on the – NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour now, if I'm not mistaken. So um, just ran Richmond a couple nights ago, won by Justin Bonsignor, um, who did win from the pole. So uh, that was a pretty good race. And actually, it was on Motor Racing Network, so they picked it up too. So uh, the Virginians for Lovers 150. So 
A lot of modified action going on. Um, I know we have the trucks Xfinity and Cup at Martinsville this weekend. I know we got to cover that, or at least start to preview that. So, um, a lot of debuts this past weekend. Um, you know, on the NASCAR Xfinity side, you know, not just Mahoney. I think Big Diamond's actually also opening up this weekend too. So, um, lots of. Uh, I know Dino is going to be busy. And, uh, and then the week after will be Bloomberg. So it's a lot going on, and uh, you know I'm interested to see what some of these uh, these drivers are going to call their home for the 2022 season. Well, Kyle, you know I've been fortunate enough to, to been able to go to several kickoffs. Of course, the weather's a little different in the South, Kyle, than uh, what y'all have to deal with. Actually, it was a couple of days ago y'all had snow flurries, wasn't it? Yeah, Rowdy. Unfortunately, uh, Sealands Grove had to be had to cancel their 410 show because of winter-like weather. So, um, unfortunately, that was the case. And uh, I know Williams Grove lost the show Friday night uh, to the weather, a little chilly. But uh, other than that, um, they got you know Port Royal got in, Lincoln got in. I think a story we haven't really, you and I haven't talked about, but what kind of got my attention was Brent Marks uh, traveling out west. Um, getting rained out in Oklahoma Friday night, and then backing it up with the win in the World of Outlaws race at Devil's Bowl Speedway in Texas the next night. So, um, big showing for the PA Posse. You know, definitely can show. I know he's been. I know he's. I know he's been picking and choosing what races he wants to do uh, with his team. So, but uh, he goes out in the, to the Midwest and he wins. So, um, thought that was a pretty big story um, from that. Um, for Brent Marks, you know, who did win at Charlotte last year in the World Finals. So, um, so yeah, he's been doing pretty good. Um, I know he's been running up here as well. And uh, Danny Dietrich won the first repeat winner at Lincoln this year. And uh, Logan Wagner, the four-time defending track champ, finally won his first feature of the year at Port Royal. So kind of what's been going on in PA uh, with the with the racing. Um, and one more thing before I throw it back to you, Rowdy, uh, Short Track Super Series had – 71 modifieds show up to Orange County Fair Speedway Saturday night for the uh, the hard clay open, 50 laps, 25,000 to win. 71 modifieds in the pits. Um, seven heat races. Um, I couldn't believe the car count when I saw it. But, uh, yeah, 71 guys and girls showed up to uh, contest that money. Uh, Stuart Friesen um, had to start dead last and actually had to start in a backup car from somebody else because his mechanical gremlins in his 44 car. Uh, did get the hard charger, uh, starting dead last. I think he finished 14th. Um, so, uh, busy week. No surprise, Matt Shepard won from the pole. Um, you know, he's the Eastern States 200 winner last year. So, a lot of, a lot of news and notes you got to get over with uh, tonight, Rowdy. I know, uh, I know you're going to want to play some audio. I know we got Bobby coming on soon. So, still got a lot to yeah, go over tonight for uh, the time yeah. we have. We're going to, after we get uh, done with Bobby, we got a post-race show. Uh, Actually got Sam Mayer. Sam got the uh, dash for cash this year starting it off. You know, uh, Noah, we heard from Noah. It was Thursday night talking about. Uh, I didn't realize, Kyle, we talked about it. He'd won four times last year. $100,000, not nothing to sneeze at there. Sam Mayer, I think, would have won that race if there was about 20 more laps in it. Uh, he had probably the fastest car in the last last part of that race. You know, so much for the Ty Gibbs-John or Nemechek battle. But the way Sam Hunt, or uh, Sam, 
Sam Hunter. Sam Mayer uh, came back and uh, really chopped. I think he chopped four seconds or five seconds off in the last 20 laps. It was crazy how fast he was catching them. But uh, he did come home with the $100,000, and he's now eligible, along with race winner Ty Gibbs, A.J. Allmendinger, and Riley Herbs of Martinsville for the next Dash for Cash bonus. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And, uh, you know, Sam Mayer, um, you know, Josh Berry's the defending winner of the race. That's where he got his first Xfinity win last year. And they're going to all be under the lights, too, three night races in Martinsville. Uh, so that'll, that'll be interesting. And the cup race is 400 laps, too, instead of 500. So right. Uh, right. that'll be a little bit of a different thing. But, yeah, all three series going to be there starting Thursday. So um, early week. And, uh, we'll, when, you know, once uh, we get on the air Thursday night, they'll be already practicing qualifying for Xfinity and Truck. So, uh, Kyle, also, we got, we've got a uh, post-race show, soundbite from Ty Gibbs. I mean, man, this kid's uh, just winning, Kyle. Huh? We're going to play him, and uh, also we're going to play, which is going to be a 40-minute segment, but we're going to go over on that on, on our time and close it out with Denny Hamlin and listen to him. But Denny gets his... Uh, I guess his first win for the year, and Toyota in the victory lane there. It's hard to owners 400. Uh, just good pit strategy by the 11. Um, had fresh retires in William Byron, some of the front runners, Martin Truex, Shooter, Kyle Larson. Uh, just had a little bit of fresh retires, uh, him and Kevin Harvick, and uh, they were able to get around Byron at the end. And then uh, after that, um, Basically, it was just uh, it was between Hamlin and Harvick. Uh, once they they finally got ahead of the leaders of the of the main guys, so uh, Kevin Harvick fell about a half second short and went in that race. I know he hasn't won in a while. Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin's best finish up to that point in the season was 13th at Phoenix, and uh, I know that win definitely had to help. Um, any any ailing things they had, um, it was. Uh, it was an interesting thing. And, Rowdy, I believe we have our first guest on the line. We, we do. I'd like to welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show, first-time guest, and call in Bobby Jones. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Hey, thank you. Appreciate this. Uh, Bobby, getting ready for opening night this uh, coming weekend at Mahoney Valley. I, you've had all winter. Is this going to be your first race for the year? Or? Yeah, this is my first race of the year. And, uh, we've been preparing, you know, Getting ready for uh, opening night. Um, so, yeah, we're uh, we're actually in the garage right now. That's what we're working on tonight. You know, just final preps, cleaning up. Well, Bobby, uh, I was at Mahoney Valley last year, and I don't tell you what, I've never <laughs> been to a small track with so many passionate lady and fans. I mean, they loved their drivers and they hated their haters. Definitely. I mean, you go sit in those stands once, and uh, you got two shows going on right there. I mean, those uh, fans, they put on a show. On, you know what I mean? They're, they're, like you said, they're passionate, you know? And they, they are. We have some good racing there. So, uh, Bobby, you race anywhere else besides Mahoney Valley? Yes, yeah, so I, I run uh, Evergreen Speedway in St. John's, PA. Yeah, we've been running there. I run there. They only run uh, the mods once a once a month, and I run the full blow mods there, and I run a uh, they call it an evergreen mod, kind of like a sport mod. 
You know, being around modified uh, drivers, you either you either love it or you hate it, and, and you don't seem the the people that love modifieds don't want to go. They don't want to drive stock cars. What they is that just the open wheel? Bobby, is it the difference between the open wheel and, and a stock car? Is that what makes the difference? Uh, I think a lot of people have been brought up watching the modified, so I think that passion for the modified is something that grows on you, I guess. I mean, I've got people that don't really care for the modified that I know, you know, and but in our area, they love it. I mean, they, they do not want to watch a show without the modified there. Hey, Bobby, you have Kyle on. First of all, thanks for coming on tonight. Um, big thank you to Dino for that. Um, my, my first question for you is uh, I, was just, I was just reading up a little bit on you, and um, you actually were able to go on to the World Series one year. Um, how did that go for you, and, and what did you think of New Smyrna? Oh, I loved it. I mean, it was something, one of the things that I wanted to do in my racing career for a long time. I had the opportunity kind of to be able to go, and I did it. And um, honestly, I expected us to do better, um, but when we – we puffed our motor, you know, for uh, our, the first day there, checking the motor, and they puffed my motor, and I realized right then and there I was in trouble. So um, it puffed really small, and that was kind of, like, heartbreaking to me. But, uh, you know, we still got to be there, learned a lot. Um, definitely would love to do it in a different situation uh, with a little bit more motor maybe next time or even do the the 602 crate class, you know, which could possibly happen for this year, or for actually for next year. Um, but uh, definitely love that. That was an experience. My second question for you is, um, I, I know you've raced over the years. Um, who, who do you feel like has been your biggest competition? You know, whatever division that you've been in, especially in the modified, I mean, who do you feel like your biggest competition has been out there in the Northeast? Well, I've through the years I've had so many, so many different different guys that I raced with that, uh, you know, at that time gave me everything I can handle. I mean, from, you know, from Mahoning to Evergreen, I had different competitors there. I mean, right now, I mean, everybody knows the name, Matt Hirschman. You know, he is the man. Anybody, anywhere you go, you're going to have to deal with him if he's racing. So right now he's the guy here. Everybody's trying to find that speed to beat him. So. I mean, I can remember, I mean, I don't know, you know, Kyle Ebersole. Kyle Ebersole, you know, Evergreen for years back in 20, 2008, 2009. You know, definitely had, a, you know, championship battles with him, uh, you know, over the years. So, My last question for you is um, just talk a little bit about your upbringing. You know, what, what, what got you into racing and, and what, what made you want to get behind the wheel of a modified and, and run a tracks like Mahoning and Evergreen? Well, my, my family, uh, my uncle uh, was definitely into, into racing, um, definitely kind of got me into this. You know, put me in a, uh, what they call now, is a Pro 4 at Mahoning. I mean, I got in that, and it's been it's been racing every weekend since then. Uh, I mean, I ran the Pro 4 class at Mahoning for three full years. In 1994, I won the championship, and they booted me out of that class. So when I moved up, I bought a modified right then and there. And I've been in them ever since. 
So, Bobby, let's let's talk about the guys that uh, help you go round each week because I know y'all you've y'all worked. You said you're in the shop now, working trying to get yes, ready. Yeah, definitely. I mean, these guys love it as much as I do. You know, they they want to go and win just as bad as me sitting behind that wheel wanting to win every week. And uh, you know, they put their heart and soul into it. And without them, we don't do this. And honestly. If I didn't have these guys helping me, I probably wouldn't do it anyway because it wouldn't be as much fun. You know, it's it's a it's a kind of a friend thing you do with your friends, and once you realize that, that's when things get easier. Exactly right, Bobby. That you know, we see it at the racetrack all the time. You know, the camaraderie with the guys. Hey, they're there. They're working hard, but they're having fun at the same time. Uh, Bobby, what about yep. what about your sponsors, man? Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I have a I, – actually, this year, you know, I didn't bug as much. You know, I didn't really get – I have everybody the same. I didn't change the car, nothing. Everybody that was on from last year is still on. I'm not asking for anything. I was just going at at this as, uh, you know, go after and go wherever. We're going to travel around maybe a little bit. And, uh, you know, I have, you know, I have, I have really good people. I have, you know, Wannick Construction, Franzosa Trucking, APS Power Coating, you know, AMS Oil, uh, I mean, just great people that just, you know, I mean, Valiant's construction, or construction too. You know what I mean? They they have a different love like we have. We we love it because we want to go race it. They love it that they're part of it, you know? And, Bobby, where can they keep up with your season at, at Mahoney Valley? Uh, well, usually Mahoney puts up posts there and stuff. Um, I don't really have much media, you know, for myself. It's whatever the racetracks do. I'm, I'm probably going to be between Mahoning, Evergreen. Um, we are, we have, we're in talk with doing an, an ROC race, the Race of Champions Series. Um, we're probably going to go to Shemung for that. Um, but all, like, like, like everything, you know what I mean? Without, without funding and race and, and sponsors and the money, we probably won't be going anywhere. But um, that is our plan. Um, you know, we hope for the best. We're gonna go out and win races and, and make all the money. That's how we look at it. Well, hey, Bobby, hey, Bob, hey, go ahead, Kyle. Bobby. You have Kyle here for a second. I, I just wanted to ask one question, Rowdy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, what what Shemung race are you looking to do? Are you looking to do the season opener? or Are you gonna look at running that race in August on when it's when it's around Watkins Glen weekend? Um, I I don't know. I think it's the the first ROC race that they're having Shemung. And I'm not sure on the date. It's the, I, I don't know if it's the first ROC race of the year or it could be at Shimong. I'm not 100% sure on that. But we were going to basically start the year out, see how things start out and see how things go. Because it's all, I mean, prices of tires went up, fuel went up, everything is going through the roof. And, you know, if we don't start out well, we probably won't do those extra things that we're looking at doing, you know. So it all depends on how well we do. Hey, hey, Rowdy. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, Bobby. I just wanted to ask one more thing. Have you ever raced at the old Dorney Park Speedway? Did you ever get a chance to run there by any chance? Nope. I actually would be at the park where my dad and my my uncle would be there racing. Um, I was. I was usually there with a babysitter at the park at the nights my dad raced, and 
you know, I got to listen, you know, I remember standing at that fence and just hearing the race cars, you know, but I never, ever had the opportunity to go inside. Is that a historical track, Kyle? That is? Yeah, it's it's part of the history, you know, there's always uh, Mahoning, Evergreen, Dorney reunions. Um, Dorney Park, I just want to say quick, um, it's an amusement park in Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, they did run there um, back in the day. I think they closed in, I want to say, 86. Um, Bobby would probably know. Um, but, uh, I was going to say 84, but it could be 86, yes. Yeah, I've been I've been reading. But, um, yeah, uh, Rowdy, it's part of that area. You know, Modifieds ran there in the past, and, uh, you know, it's good to have that historical thing because, you know, I know we've had some Modified guys on, and I know, like, you know, I know some other drivers have ran there in the past, you know, who have run Mahoning and Evergreen and, um, just, you know, the historical, you know, trying to keep the history going and, you know, with the motorsport show and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the season and uh, Mahoning Valley, uh, you know, twin, twin, twin 45s this weekend. So I'm uh, really looking forward to it, Rowdy. Well, uh, Bobby, we appreciate you being part of the show and looking forward to having you back on and hopefully meeting you someday. I, I, I get up there around Pocono during the race. And we're trying to I try to go to the different little tracks around the local guys. And Kyle's got me a Kyle's got us routed out for well, the well, I, thank, I thank you for having me. And uh, you come around when I'm racing. You come visit me. You come see me and introduce yourself. I love to talk. I so definitely will, Bobby. And look, thanks a lot for uh, taking time out of the shop to talk with us tonight. Nope, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks, Bobby, Bobby Jones. Thank you. Bye-bye. Getting ready for season opener at Mahoney. Uh, yeah, and we'll and we'll send that audio over as soon as as soon as I get a hold of it in Dino. So I'll just send it over to Dino. Okay. Sounds good. So um, yeah, Racing. a lot of lot of lot of uh, lot of tracks yeah. opening up. Yeah, <laughs> they are, Kyle. And and you know you was talking about the seventy what seventy. 74, 71 uh, entries at the Modifieds this past weekend. Yeah, Rowdy, 71 Modifieds were at for the Short Track Super Series race at Orange County Fair Speedway. Uh, sending 40 cars home, I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, 31 only started the feature. Um, Superman Matt Shepard uh, won the pole. Or started on the pole, um, and when when you give that when you give him track position, I mean it's almost impossible to catch him in Orange County. So um, Stuart Friesen, I know, is a big big name. We always talk about. He was there. Jessica Friesen was there. Um, I know that uh, you know uh, you know the bigger names. Billy Pouch Jr. even showed up. I mean, you know, he doesn't even he rarely goes to Orange County, but you know when there's that much money on the line, um, that's where he ended up. Alex Jankowski was there. From my area, you know, he won that big race at uh, World Finals last year. Um, so there's a lot, lot of, lot of drivers out there going there, and of course you have all the, the typical cast of characters in Orange County that always run every week. I know they're, they're heavy into the modifieds as well. So, um, the 71 modifieds. I only, I probably didn't end until after midnight, I would say, but uh, yeah, a lot of cars on hand. And, you know, especially with the big race like Orange County Fair Speedway, uh, definitely a lot of people there. Well, Kyle, I always enjoy it when we start, we get somebody on that knows something about a track that's no more 
that no longer right. Oh, Rowdy, you know? I, I, you know, we were talking about Mahoning and Evergreen, and I thought, well, maybe we can ask him about Dorney Park because uh, that was uh, that was part of the modified scene in the in, in you know in the 70s and 80s. I know Dino would probably know so much more about that, um, but yeah, that was part of the modifieds. I think Eric Beers ran there um, at one point. Uh, there's a lot of drivers. I mean, I don't, I can't name all of them, but uh, I know Dino would definitely know. But, um, but yeah, um, good to have the history. You know, the history of Dorney still around. Um, I know a lot of guys ran there and girls ran there. So uh, good to have that, his, that history aspect of it. You know, I know Dino always preaches that to me. And um, you know, uh, Dorney, like he said it might have been the mid '80s when they closed. We don't know for sure. Um, Dino would know that, but. Um, it's good to have, you know, to remember the history and, you know, of, of being at the racetracks and the one, the old one and the new ones, you know. I know you've been, to, you know, you had the chance to go to Mahoning last year, and I'm glad you guys did because uh, that was very crucial to uh, this the, the, the trip up to Pocono. Exactly, Kyle. I enjoyed it, man. Looking forward to this year. Uh, actually, you know, probably going to be a lot more because I'm – it's going to be stretched out to probably a two-week stay. Yeah, Rowdy, I know you and I have been talking about it. Um, a lot of other things coming up. I know uh, the week of Pocono, the World of Outlaws will be at uh, – it'll be at um, – there'll be a Port Royal. So hopefully, we're hoping to try and get you in early. Um, I know you and I have talked about the World of Outlaws at Williams Grove, um, trying to – put a big emphasis on that yeah um it, it is around pocono weekend and uh, another thing we we haven't really discussed on the show yet is the uh the pocono schedules out um they have it's on the website uh of the uh the action the on-track activity uh for the pocono 400 we or pocono i think it's the pocono 350 um unless it went back to 400 miles i i've i've seen so much stuff and you know with the double hundred in the last two years um, now back to just being one race. Um, I think it might be back to 400 miles. So um, it's definitely going to be a very busy weekend. All four series are going to be there. And it is the Pocono 400, so it's back to normal. So, um, you know, you'll have the uh, the General Tire 200 on Friday night, Friday evening at 630 on FS1. And then uh, Saturday is the, the busy day of of the weekend, uh, we got Xfinity practice and qualifying starting at 9:30, followed by the truck race at noon, and then Cup practice and qualifying at two o'clock. And hopefully, we'll be on our way to Williams Grove at that point. So, uh, you know, I know that we're we're trying to, you know, when you don't have much to work with, and you're trying to make sure you hit everything. Like when you got when you come in, I try to make sure I get you everywhere uh, where we need to be. You know, um, last year was glad, you know, PA Speed Week was going on. That was great timing, uh, getting to Lincoln. Um, thankfully, I got to go to Grandview the next night. So, uh, you know, we got to see Larson and Christopher Bell run some dirt cars. So that's something always something to, to look forward to. So, um, yeah, trying to trying to lay out that that weekend for you and get you get you everywhere get you everywhere where you need to be. All right, Kyle, I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, we were talking earlier about Sam Mayer uh, winning the dash for cash. Kyle, I'm going to play a little segment. Uh, that they uh, had recorded there after the race. So uh, this is Sam Mayer. 
Get started with our post-race media availabilities. We've got our Dash for Cash winner, Sam Mayer, driver of the number one junior motorsport Chevrolet. We'll go ahead and open it up straight to questions. Please state your name and your affiliation. We'll get you a wireless mic as quickly as we can. Any questions from there? Start over here, and then we'll go to Dustin. Noah Lewis, TSJ Sports. Uh, Sam, obviously there late you had to track down AJ to pass AJ uh, to get into that position. What was that like? Was anybody saying anything on the radio to you? Uh, no, they left it completely quiet because they know better. Uh, I would definitely overdrive it if they told me what was going on. So uh, they left me in the dark, and at the end of the day, I kind of figured it out on my own. But, um, yeah, what a day. These guys worked really hard for this, and they deserve it for sure. Uh, this team, I think this is their second dash for cash in the last two years. So, obviously, we're going to go for more next weekend. Um, but you got to start somewhere. The last couple of weeks have been really, really good for me. And uh, definitely that long green flag, flag run really proved that the cars belong here. Let's go up here, Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Sam, what's, how has your comfort level grown since getting in the car last year? And where do you feel like you've made the biggest growth? It's interesting. Um, like when I got in the Xfinity car for the first time at Pocono, like I felt right at home right away. Um, but at the same time, there's so much that was different in that. Um, like the mile and a half stuff, like I've never done the, that track. Like the tracks were new, but the car felt good. So coming here to Richmond again, short tracks, obviously that's what I've done the last couple of years. I felt right at home again. And especially running the race last year in the fall, um, I was I was ready. I went out for practice. I felt good right away. So it's like it depends on the track kind of more than the car. Um, but at the end of the day, our accelerated Chevy Camaro was really good, and the team did a really good job putting it together. So at the end, so it's like it's going to be good no matter what. I just got to go out there and drive it. Okay, we've got a question upstairs, and then we'll go back here in the back. In the press box. Yeah, KirschnightCatchmans.com, Sam. Um, Back-to-back top five finishes, fifth at Coda, fourth, uh, fourth or third today, sorry, um, and then fourth at Martinsville last fall. Are you inching closer? Do you feel like your first career win? And then how do you feel about being eligible to go for two hundred grand next weekend? Or, I mean, you know, yeah. another hundred grand adding up to two hundred. Yeah, I mean, obviously I have to have the confidence going into next weekend at Martinsville because I had my first top five there last year. Uh, obviously we're racing for Dash for Cash again, so that's huge incentive for us as well. Uh, obviously, there's so much instead of just run well and prove that my name belongs here because that's what Xfinity is all about. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it's definitely coming around. I mean, obviously, three top fives and two of them coming in the last two weeks now. Uh, obviously, we're hitting our stride right at the right spot for, for all this money that we hopefully can make. Um, but, obviously, we want to have that at the end of the year, too. So we have to grind really hard to get ourselves out of this points hole that we're in and get to the playoffs and hopefully get the championship four and then the championship. Can you go to the back? The podium finish. Sam, just kind of going off of that question, just how does it feel to, to have some, some confidence now and to finally have a little bit of luck go your way? Yeah, exactly, luck. Like, I mean, we've had speed every single track this year so far, literally. Uh, Vegas, we led a bunch of laps and then got wrecked with 20 to go. So it's like we're, we're up there. We can find our way up there. We just got to manage to stay up there, stay clean, and – kind of mind our own business almost and then obviously today i minded my own business just ride rode around all day and we ended up with 100 grand in our pocket so i'm figuring it out the team team knows what they have to do and they're doing a really damn good job of it um it's just about staying clean staying out there and martinsville is a really good track for us 
Uh, obviously, the team won there with Josh Berry last year in the spring and top five with me in the fall. So they have really good notes there. Uh, obviously, it's a night race, so um, our our package is really good. Um, so hopefully, can go get another hundred grand. And, and how do you approach that race? Do you race it similarly and have that same kind of mindset, knowing that you have another opportunity to win another another hundred grand? Yeah, I think it's definitely a fine line between being really aggressive and saving your stuff like you would at this place. Um, somewhere in the middle, uh, I personally have to find that a lot quicker uh, than like a Josh Berry would because he kicks butt at Martinsville no matter what, so he just knows. So I have to kind of get up to his standards to be able to do it, but um, I think I think I can do it. Obviously, I have the confidence to do it, especially after today, uh, going into next week, and the team team knows what they have to do too. Come up here to Bob. Bob Parker, Sox Sports. Was your car getting better throughout the run, or were you just kind of steady and everybody else was getting worse? I was getting worse, not as bad as everyone else. <laughs> like, everyone was slowing down, obviously, with just tires, but, like, I feel like everyone was getting worse and worse and worse, and I, I, I was too a little bit, but I was just – the progression down wasn't as steep as everyone else, so – I was able to I was able to kind of keep the tires on it all the whole whole way through the run and still have some stuff for the end. Um, no matter if we choose to, uh, if a caution comes out with ten to go or whatever, we stay out or pit or whatever. Uh, I have options. So uh, the car was really good. Obviously, I had to be good to finish top three, um, and uh, I had a lot of speed under my belt too, hitting the right line, doing all the stuff that I had to do inside the race car. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, I think I was happy with it. I would definitely bring the same package back. Okay, go back to Dustin. Sam, you just you mentioned Josh and just his success at Martinsville. So, as somebody that gets to work with him, what what do you see? What what are things that impress you about him at that track where you go next week? Yeah, I mean, even you saw him today. Like he he performed really really well today. He was up front and making moves and. They said eight car four back. I was like, well, how the heck did he get through the field that quickly and still have tires? So it was, um, he's really good, obviously, especially at Martinsville, like with the late mall stuff and everything. So he's someone I'm definitely going to lean on. He's going to have a lot of phone calls next week from a lot of different people because he's going to get super annoyed with everyone asking him for hint tips and stuff. So I'll make sure to do it in person and leave him alone a little bit because the team at the end of the day has all his notes. So I'll be good to go. Okay, any more questions? All right, Sam, thanks for coming in. appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, Sam Mayer. Uh, Kyle, not to start, I think he was kind of expected, but it's still early in the season, man. It is, but Sam Mayer's been running really well lately. Um, you know, third at Richmond, fifth at Coda. Um, that team's been running very good. You know, led laps at Vegas, so that, that team's been been running really well. Um, Sam Mayer, you know, only 18 years old, um, coming up through the, the Xfinity Series as quick as he is, just like Ty Gibbs uh, kind of came at the same time. But uh, we're just, I think we're just waiting on when he's going to win a race. You know, when is this going to happen? Um, it's probably a matter of time for him to win. So um, very strong team. I know Junior Motorsports, strong track coming up. They've won the last two Xfinity races there. They swept the season last year with Josh Berry and Noah Gragson. So, um I'd expect Junior Motorsports going to be strong again in Martinsville. And the boss man is back this week as well. Can't forget about that. Dale Earnhardt right. Jr. in the 88 car. Um, can't forget about that Friday night. I know that will there will be a lot of people there for that. So, um, 
Thursday, I know, is all the practice and qualifying. Um, I know there's been a lot of things I know you and I were talking about with the owner points, um, you know, with, with some of those teams that are just, like, barely trying to just fight right now, make races. Um, you know, it's important, you know, um, that these teams make these races. And I know there's a lot of lot on the line with sponsors and everything. So, I um, mean, you, you know, we were talking earlier, you know, Derek Griffith, uh, 26th at Richmond. I'm back in the car this week for Sam Hunt Racing. So, um, you know, he'll get another crack at it. Um, I know this is kind of his bread and butter, running these late models at uh, Martinsville and other tracks. So uh, Martinsville is probably going to be right in his wheelhouse and, you know, another yep. short track, all three series there. So a um, lot going on. And uh, I know uh, I know there's, a, I know there's a, Virgi- a Virginia driver out there that's pretty happy right now that he won on Sunday. So uh, that's Denny Hamlin. So uh, he's uh, – you know, seven different winners in the first seven races, Rowdy, not too shabby. No, Kyle and uh, we, Toyota's brought brought one home into the circle. But the seven different winners, you know, if that's what NASCAR was thinking of this new car. And not all of them was big teams with Hendricks and Gibbs, you know. But seven different winners, that's pretty good. And like I said, what we're going to have is go down to 16. Well, the way the way it's going, Rowdy, it might end up like that. Um, still a lot of big names that haven't won yet. Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., um, Chase Elliott, he hasn't won yet. So there's still a yep. lot of, of guys who won last year that uh, that still can win this year. Yeah, look, look. well, Harvick was pounding on the – on the door, uh, that that was pretty good to keep Harvick from winning that race. I mean, he he really wanted it, but uh, you know, Har- go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, Harvick's been running good. Um, you know, I know I think it was Phoenix. He was up there. Um, he ran. I think he finished sixth or seventh, but still um, was a factor at one point in that race. So um, yeah, a lot going on. And uh, yeah, Kevin Harvick, you know, he needs to get in the victory lane. I know he's been he's been hungry for a win, just like Denny Hamlin. Um, two guys who are just looking to to uh, get through and you know get in the victory lane. Well, we got the uh, post race with uh, Ty Gibbs, and let's listen to Ty. Started with our winners press conference. Uh, we have Ty Gibbs, driver of the number 54 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. Uh, we'll go ahead and open it up to questions. State your name and your affiliation. We'll get you a wireless mic. Go ahead and start right here in the middle with Noah. Noah Lewis, TSJ Sports. Uh, Ty, first off, congratulations. Um, but did want to talk about that last lap and the move uh, and the you know into three. Uh, what you thought of that? John Hunter maybe not so happy with it uh, at the end. Have you been able to talk to him yet? No, I have not. You know, there's a lot of media going on after. But you know, I like I said, uh, I probably deserve to get bumped back for a win um you know but we're racing hard we're racing this you know is these wins are hard to come by so you just got to take every advantage you know i didn't let them buy and clean them out for the win i i doored them and i got in there hard you know that was the point i was tight uh you know but there's no excuse for me hitting them and i hit them and knocked them up the track but like i said we're, we're fighting for wins okay go up here to bob uh, Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. Uh, just following that up, like, did, is that what you meant to do? Like, I mean, were you like, I'm going to hit him and, and – So, good question. So I 
Definitely one of the. I mean, I was gonna have to get him in anyways. Uh, he could turn to the center better, and I just couldn't rotate. So I was gonna have to hit him. I definitely, if well, I could go back, I would have not have drove in as hard and hit him as hard to knock him up way, way up the track. I would have, you know, have not got in there as hard, like I said, not to hit him. But um, my, I was still gonna have to hit him anyways to win it. Um, you know, but we're coming to the end, and I didn't, you know, like I've seen it before. Like, I didn't let him by and drag brake and get behind him and dump him. We raced to the finish, and I hit him, and that was my goal. But if I could change it, yes, I, would, I wouldn't I would have driven as hard and hit him as hard. But that's just part of learning, and I learned that. Yeah, because you felt like that the way you entered it, there was no way you were going to make the second. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're racing underneath some – or if you're racing above somebody at a short track coming for a win, I feel like, you know, that's going to be pretty expected. But – um you know, I drove in there pretty deep, and I definitely didn't help the case. Thanks, Bob. Always with the good questions. All right, let's go in the back back here. Nathan Thalen with a podium finish. Ty, it seemed like you had a you know you had a good half a second lead there, but with 20, 30 laps to go, um, you kind of caught up to some lap traffic. How did that kind of bother you? A lot. I, it affected. I feel like me a lot. You know, it's just that's just part of racing we've seen in the past. It's just, you know, the position that I feel like leaders get put in with lap cars, but that's that's part of it. And I didn't get there through there as good as John Hunter did, so I feel like that's why he got back to me. And I just lost a lot of turn being underneath those guys, and it's just hard, you know, with them being on the outside of you really closely up off the corner. You lose a lot of right side grip, so uh, you know that's the part you that's where you gotta fight and get through there as fast as you can. Um, you've already won three out of the seven races this year. You won four last year. Have you really had any time yet to kind of like sit back and four. Um, yeah, four. sit back and, and just kind of absorb it all? Uh, you know, for sure. I'm very thankful and blessed. You know, the man above me, above me has blessed me so much. I'm very thankful. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. And we've had a great, great team, great team. You know, put together by Chris Gale, Kyle Abrams. You know, uh, Gainey Keith. John Lantham, um, you know, my truck driver, Dale, we've, we've got a great group of guys that work very hard week in and week out every single day. Uh, you know, I go to the shop, um, you know, four days out of the week. So just being there and seeing how hard this guy's work, it's, uh, it means a lot. Just come up here to Hank, then we'll go here and then Dustin. Um, obviously, guys are different, but historically, how does it go when you go to approach somebody who's ticked off at you for the way you drove them at the end of a race? Uh, you know, that's just a part of, you know, racing itself. You got to learn that, you know, aspect. And I've been put in that position a couple of times. So, you know, luckily I've got to learn, uh, you know, but, you know, like I'm going up to somebody that it's, there's been a case of this, you know, he's hap he's done this the same thing before. Uh, so, you know, he's he knows how it is. And, uh, you know, I, I'm fine talking to him. That's just a part of racing and, you know, a part of growing up off a of track, you know, too. So maturing a little bit, too. Do you anticipate an issue with him over that? Or? I don't know. You can go ask him that question. <laughs> okay. I, I haven't talked to him yet. All right, let's come over here, and then we'll go to Dustin. Josh Slade, Behind the Wall Media. So you got three wins so far on a mile and a half, a super speedway, and now a super speedway, right? <laughs> and a, a short track. How is it going forward, like having the skill set on all three tracks? Yeah, uh, you know, I did not really think I was winning the super speedway. So, you know, it just shows that, you know, our guys have worked really hard on our speedway stuff and made them, and made them you know, faster. So good to win on that one. And, you know, I feel like we're really, really solid all around. We're good, you know, road courses. We just didn't have a good finish last week. Got, you know, blew a tire. But good road courses, you know, good at short tracks, good at, you know, mile and a half speedways. So, you know, we're getting there. Uh, you know, there's 
some room for improvement, but you know that's that's always going to be the case in life. No matter how car how good of a car you have, there's always going to be room for improvement. So you know, these guys work very hard, like I said, and we're just going to keep keep moving forward. So does having the speed on all the different types of tracks give you, I guess, more motivation and higher hopes for a road course win uh, later in the season? Yeah, for sure. You know, g- great question. Uh, you know, being able to win a road course would be awesome. I feel like we had a lot of speed last week. I just put us in a bad position and blew a tire uh, with contact I made. So and that's part of it, part of learning. And I feel like, you know, racing and growing up in front of the whole millions of people, you're going to have to learn a lot. And that's just a part of it. Great. Thanks, Ty. Yep. Thanks. Justin Long, NBC Sports. Hey, uh, Ty, you, you've referenced how hard it is to win these races, you know, but in one sense, somebody could look at you've won seven out of your 25 Xfinity starts, so nearly 30%. Last couple of years in ARCA, you won nearly 50% of the races. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are incredible numbers Thank and incredible you. figures. So what is so hard? Because outside looking in, I think people would say, well, it's easy for you or it should be easy for you because you have the equipment. So when you say it's hard, <laughs> and this is why I have to do these yeah. things to win races, what, what's the hard part? Yeah, great question, Dustin. You know, um, I, I feel like the hard part, a lot of it is, is just getting to the end. And I think that's the biggest case. For me, I'm learning, you know, racing, not just stage one, stage two, just the whole thing. Um, you know, and I feel like I've lacked a lot of patience. Um, like last week, I blew a tire with contact I made. It's just got roughed up, and we're stage two, and I made a mistake there. So, you know, that's that's the biggest thing. And you never know. The one thing I learned, you never know when you could have your last win. And, you know, you could go years and years and years, no matter how good of the rate you have been. Same in the Cup Series, we've seen it. So, uh, you know, just making sure you're maximizing, you know, all the all the situations you have to get wins. Okay, let's come over here to Matt Weaver. Matt Weaver, Racing America. Um, kind of the theme of the day is talking about the need or the perceived need to be aggressive at the end of the races, whether it was last weekend at Circuit of the Americas or today. But do you think it's important to put yourself in that, that mindset early this year, that when you're in position to win, to go out and win races? Because if you make it to Phoenix for the championship race, we saw what happened last year and how that race yeah needed to be one is that kind of a, 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 a switch or a trigger you have to pull for sure yeah great question i think there's a difference between you know re- wrecking somebody i didn't check up and wreck him too so you know i i got into his door like you know daniel daniel did last year i got into a little harder um but you know like i said just just trying to maximize these these you know wins and in, in these spots where we can win i feel like we lost one last week and i lost one last weekend too so you know just making sure i'm you know doing everything i can during the week just to you know, get there at the end and, and, you know, have patience and perseverance to, you know, win these things. Are you allowing yourself to think about championship mindset? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, I feel like that's, I learned a lot of that last year racing for the ARCA championship. I never raced for a championship before, so not even any track championships or anything. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of different, you know, learning styles. I feel like having the playoff system that we do, we don't have to have total points like ARCA, the ARCA Menard series does. So, you know, we were down in the hole a, a lot, you know, for most of last year till the end of the year with the ARCA deal. And, and this year having, you know, with the playoffs, we can just get one win and we're in. So it's nice to have that buffer. So I feel like it takes a little pressure off so you can go out there and, and just get wins like we you know, like we did this week in Atlanta. Um, but I didn't know I was going to win Atlanta. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Any more questions for Ty? We're here in Dustin. Hey, Ty, I, I'm curious. Uh, you also talk about learning from this experience mm-hmm. and saying, hey, 
in, in how you wanted to attack and it didn't work out as well. Um, you've also had the bump and run done to you. I, I think one that comes to mind is Elko. Yep. Was I definitely remember that. So when you're on the other end of that, what is the learning experience or what did you take from that? Did anything from that experience help you today or how does that impact? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, great question. Again, I feel like not with not having as much experience next in any series, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, all those little things that you only get one chance to do. Qualifying, I've had mistakes I've made all year with not driving in as deep, saying, no, I'm just trying to maximize those capabilities. I drove in there deep and I hit him. I still going to have to hit him anyways to win, but I drove in there a little bit deeper than I thought. So, you know, being put in those situations, I've never been put, you know, where I race somebody side by side getting into that corner. So I learned I didn't have to drive in as deep to hit him with as less tire grip as I had. I actually blew right front coming after the after the race ended. And I didn't make, and it wasn't from the contact I made. It was just from the wear. So, you know, we were really tight. I just, you know, there's, but there's no excuse. So, and on the other part of it, getting moved in Elko, you know, there's a lot of things that I learned. I feel like, you know, on and off the track, how to handle it, how to handle people against you, um, you know, but at the same time, how to handle being moved and how to handle that whole situation. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, you know, but in that, in that split moment, when you haven't thought about that or been put in that scenario, you don't know. So you have to go off by instinct. And like I, I you know, I I got in there a little deep, like I told Bob. But I wish I didn't get in there as deep, and it, I didn't want to hit him as hard. That wasn't my goal. I, my goal is to win the race, and that was what I intended to. Um, and I intended to hit him on with my right with my right side, but not as hard. I was going to lean on him and just move him up enough to where we could, um, where I could slip under him off the corner. But you know, those are those things I'm learning. And um, you know, I, I, there's definitely room for you know, improvement and to do a better job, but I'd rather win a race than not win a race. So that's just, you know, that's just part of it. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I could have done. I could have break checked the 20, get into turn one, and, and you know, I'm going to get moved anyways. That's who I'm, I'm racing against that whole army of a team. And, uh, you know, that's just part of it. Um, you know, having two two of the same uh, two of competitive teammates behind me, I'm going to get moved out of the way. So, you know, I could have break checked them. You know, I could have had a different start. Darkest, arc of starts are different because you have to start on one cone, which I don't, I think that's, I don't like that because you come here and you have a whole eight car lengths to start on. So, um, but you have to start on one cone. So everybody kind of knows when you're going to start and you can't jump it and you get called for that. So, you know, I could have, I could have maybe cheated out a little bit, maybe jumped it a little bit and, and not get called for it. But that's just things that you have to get away with and, and you learn over time. I learned, you know, I could be patient um, and, and not be as mad, but I feel like I handled myself surprisingly good after that, to, you know, because of the outcome. But, you know, that's just, that's part of it. Thank yeah, thank you. Okay, let's go right over here and then over to Bob. Uh, Aaron Bearden, Motorsports Beat. Congratulations, Ty. Thank um, you. Kind of tying back on the aggression talk earlier, um, I think not too long ago there would have been a time where in the position you two were in late, we would have said, oh, John Hunter would be the more aggressive one because he's on a part-time schedule. He has nothing to lose. But in the playoff era now where wins are so valuable, do you feel like that has shifted a little bit where maybe even in, in the playoff position you might need to be more aggressive? And has that changed for you the two different years where you've been part-time and full-time? Yeah, I think you need to be you know, somewhat aggressive. You're always going to have to be aggressive in racing. You, know, you can't get pushed around, and people learn that you can get pushed around. There's a lot of people out there that get pushed around and I can see it and you know they're just not as aggressive so you got to be aggressive you know to be good um but at the same time yeah you just got to I just you just got to learn from it and and keep digging 
like in a pre-playoff era you would have raced the same way and still gone? Um, you know, yeah, uh, I you know not having uh, the playoffs, I definitely think you got to race a little bit differently. Um, I think going back to Daytona, you got to be really really cautious there because you can't be wrecked early and be 30th in points. You're gonna have to chase up like we were in Arca last year. So, um, all right, Talladega is what want to happen. We are down 37 points, so just making sure you're maximizing everything and being, you know, somewhat cautious but somewhat aggressive. You got to be smart. Jimmy Johnson was really great at that and you know, he's he sacrificed some wins, but he won the most championships, so, you know, he's tied with two other greats, so, you know, you got to be there's someone out of the line you got to find. Go ahead, Bob. Bob Parker's Fox Sports. Is it intimidating at all to have your granddad just sitting back there <laughs> watching, seem to be scrutinizing well, everything you say? Well, it is a little intimidating, Bob, because sometimes I'll mess up and he'll sit me down, and, you know, that's part of it. Uh, he'll get on me. My dad's actually been pretty – Some surprisingly, he's been, not, you know, good. He kind of lets me go, and, but coaches on me. He's back there. He's already coaching me, so <laughs> judges me on my golf swing to everything. <laughs> And is Richmond, I mean, you know, in this area where where he's, you know, made, made famous, uh-huh. um, is, is there any difference racing here, and is there any more important or any more stress yeah, racing here? Yeah, I feel like, you know, going through racing, um, I try to keep my, my focus and, you know, all my attention to racing the same for every single race, but... To win at two of my home tracks now, kind of a home track, you know, growing up here with my dad and, and coach with the with the Washington Commanders, cool to win here and um, and I won at Charlotte last year both times, so you know it's cool to say I won at my both of my home states and um, you know not not too far down from Charlotte. Okay, any more questions? The racing, the big one, the camping—it's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Boy, Kyle, they're offering a pretty good deal for college students, $25. That's, That's not a bad... Bad price plus free camping. Everybody, they'd hate me. Free camping if you got Sunday ticket. That's all you got to have, Sunday ticket. Only track in NASCAR, Kyle, still offers free camping. They got three parks. So, you know, and I tell everybody, look, take the money that you'd have paid in camping, stay in one of the free camping zones, and spend it on Big Bill's garage because, Kyle, they they bring 22 cars, 11 on one side, 11 on the other side. It's as close to being part of the team besides having a hot pass. I mean, it really is. They bring the top 22 teams <clears throat> in there in the garage, and uh, it's it's just one on one. It's not plexiglass. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got a little small four-foot chain-link fence like you'd be at someone's home between you and the driver. This keeps the fans from stumbling in on the pits. So, Kyle, I'll tell you, you know, I got a video of a guy after the race over there at Michael Dow's uh, 
car, you know, it got destroyed. And they're trying to work, and this guy's just walked over there and standing right in front of them. So they couldn't hardly work. <laughs> I mean, somebody needs to slap this guy and tell him to back up. But, I mean, that's the reason they have this. But, uh, Kyle's getting ready, man. It's, uh, we got, it's three weeks. That's right, Rob. It's coming up pretty quick. So, tailgating, it's a great place to go, man. It's, it, it's going to be a great weekend. And we're all back to racing again and like we should have been. But that's the way it is. I didn't go, Kyle. I, was, I missed three races there. Three, three races. Got to go back in October. was my first race back. We'll be in the fan zone. Kyle got tickets to give away. Next show, we're going to give tickets away. So I got Saturday and some Sunday. So we're going to be get your trivia book. Kyle, we got uh, Denny Hamlin. He's going to be a long piece. So what we're going to do is just kind of close the show off and play Denny last. And let that be the the last day of the night. But, uh, Kyle, I know you're looking forward. The weather's kind of changing. It's good news when you know Mahoney Valley's opening up, got their opening weekend this weekend. I want to thank Bobby Jones for calling in tonight. You know, I know he's got to work a job and then work on the race car, and he takes time out to call and talk to us about what's happening this weekend at Mahoney. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, Mahoney not the only one opening this weekend. Big Diamond Speedway, they're opening on uh, Friday night. So, uh, busy weekend coming up in Mahoney Saturday. I know Dino's probably looking forward to it. I know he had a big meeting tonight. So, uh, hopefully uh, we'll uh, we'll get to see some uh, some racing this week. And hopefully the weather gets better this week. I know it's, it's rains in the forecast for most of the week, but hopefully... Uh, Hopefully it'll clear up by then. Yeah, uh, Kyle. <laughs> it's been kind of we've been fortunate here that the the cycle has been Tuesday, Wednesday rain for the last. It seems like probably the last five weeks we have mid <laughs> midweek rains, and the weekends have been kind of nice and cool. So. We're keeping that up. That, at least that's keeping us in the in the racing field, Kyle. What you got to call? Yeah, Rowdy. Uh, it seems like uh, racing's finally back and running, and just seeing this weather to cooperate. Uh, you know, it's weird this time of the year. Uh, you can still get snow. I hate to say that, but um, you know, hopefully the weather's good this weekend. We can get the twin 45s in for Mahoning for the modifieds, and a big diamond gets in. Um, I was thankful to go to both opening days last year, and. Well, uh, well, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to get to get to both this weekend. That'd be that'd be nice, you know. Uh, I know, uh, I know Kenny Bruce over there at Big Diamond Speedway. Uh, they do a good job, and uh, of course, Dino does a good job in Mahoning. So, I'm um, really looking forward to this weekend. And uh, I know, I know, uh, BAPS Motor Speedway also has their first 410 show of the year with the sprints Sunday night, so uh, April 10th. So there's a busy weekend coming up. Uh, you got your normal shows at Port Royal. Port Royal actually has two nights this weekend. They have two shows. They have the, the normal show, 
with the 410 sprints on Saturday night, and they have the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Models on Sunday. So nice. um, a little extra for them this week, and I'm um, really looking forward to uh, what this weekend has in store for us. That's pretty awesome, uh, Kyle. They're, they're throwing two good days at you right there at Port Royal. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, you know, they come for the Rumble in the River later in the year. I know that pays a lot of money. Kyle Larson's been there for that. So uh, we're really uh, really looking forward to uh, the racing season. You know, now it's in full swing here in Pennsylvania. Well, Kyle, I'm going to – I've got Denny here. Uh, you got anything to close us out? I think the big story going into Martinsville is can Gibbs keep the winning streak going? Can another driver break into victory lane? Or will we see Denny Hamlin go back to back? So I think that's really the big storyline um, going into to Martinsville is, you know, can Toyota keep up their uh, their dominance here on the short tracks? Uh, I think you're right, Kyle. That is a big story. We we got three three short tracks here before we oh yeah Bristol on dirt. So man, that that there there there's a uh, joker in the in the deck right there is the dirt at Bristol. So hey, right now as it stands, we've got seven different winners out of seven races, and there's your parody right there for NASCAR, but let's uh, listen to Denny for the first time in 2022 in uh, the deadline run. Started with our post-race media availability. We're joined by our race winner, Denny Hamlin, and crew chief Chris Gapehart, and owner Joe Gibbs. Just a couple of quick facts before we get going. Um, this is uh, Hamlin, with Hamlin's win this tonight, he moves solely into the 17th on the all-time NASCAR Cup Series wins list, breaking his tie with NASCAR Hall of Famer Buck Baker. Uh, this is his fourth cup win at Richmond, and Joe Gibbs Racing series-leading 18th win at Richmond Raceway. So with that, uh, we'll go ahead and open up to questions. Please state your name and affiliation, and we'll get a wireless mic to you. Let's go ahead and start right here with Matt. Matt Weaver, Racing America. This is for Chris. Um, I had to look at my notes. I was kind of re reverse deconstructing this race. So on lap uh, 260, um, you would or you'd call Denny to pit road. You had thought about keeping him out, and that would have put him in front of the 24s. I'm curious, what was the mindset there, and would that have changed the entire course of your race? Yeah, so you're talking about when we had run that short little stint yeah. and then got a caution there. Yeah, so it, it even goes back earlier than that. The, the stage prior to that, we ran one stop where everybody else ran two, and my sole purpose for doing that was just save a set of tires for an instant where a caution would come out and everybody wouldn't pick because they didn't have a set. We got that break early in stage three, and um, he was driving to the front. I mean, it was going to be five more laps. We were going to take the lead, and we got a caution. But at that point... Which is not what we wanted. No, we wanted it to keep going because we were going to be in really good shape. Got that early caution, and it was a tough decision because we hadn't made up all the track position I wanted to make up, but you can't get greedy... At that point, we had at least made up enough that now we're in contention. Come down pit road and, and have a good pit stop, and he can go out and race it from there, and that's what he did. Now, obviously, some guys stayed out. It ended up working out really well for them, too. But I just didn't feel like that was going to be the winning play for our car and our team, and so I brought it down pit road, and the rest was history. And for Denny, you guys were kind of going back and forth trying to figure out 
what the right call was and how much trust does there have to be between you and a crew chief to be able to land on a strategy that you both feel comfortable and confident with? Yeah, I mean, most times we're, we're kind of on the same page, and when we're not, I kind of understand my role uh, in it. You know, he's got way more information uh, than I do. So, um, you know, I know what my job is when we go long. I know what my job is when we go short. Like, uh, he, he keeps me informed, but, you know, he just tells me what to do, and I try to do my best. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a great professional working relationship that has, has worked well for us. Okay, let's go right here, then we'll come up to Bob. This is for all three of you. Um, asked you, Denny, you know, before the race yesterday about this being a barometer for the organization. Obviously, really successful day for the organization, getting the win, Martin um, leading laps, Christopher leading some laps, and Kyle in contention all day. How did you feel about this car that maybe you didn't see in Phoenix or, or the other weeks and just the development that kind of led to your victory today? Yeah, I mean, we're obviously we, we've been searching a little bit. Um, you know, the first six races haven't gone great, uh, but we've had, you know, some good, you know, over half of them we've had winning cars. I know that sounds crazy, you know, but, you know, Daytona I'm sure would be fine. And Atlanta we were good. And Vegas thought we had a great shot to win there. Now there's been some struggles in those other ones, um, but uh, you know we just uh, we, we go to work. I mean, you know, Joe does a great job motivating all of our group, as if you know, I, as if I need motivating. Um, but it's you know we we work really hard, and we know that you know waiting seven races to to win is you know not we have a, a level of you know, performance that we expect more than that. So um, I'm, I'm glad we we're able to kind of turn the ship around at least for, for a week, and then next week we're going to see if we've, um, you know, really started to build some momentum going forward. But, uh, you know, I I don't want to look too far ahead because I, I certainly want to celebrate this one, uh, but it sure is a positive sign considering, you know, kind of how, how we ran as an organization at uh, Phoenix. Um, but you never know. I mean, it's been a great track for Joe Gibbs Racing for many, many years for whatever reason. Um, I think a lot of it comes from, you know, me and Kyle, you know, really pushing each other to get really good on these short tracks. And Martin, you know, has it, it, really turned the corner and been one of the best short track racers that we have in our sport in the last, you know, probably four or five years. And um, so when you got teammates you can feed off of like that, it's you're going to have a, a great chance to win. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, Bob Parker, Fox Sports. I had two first for Denny. Uh, did you have a lot of confidence that you were going to be able to run down William there, or did, did it kind of come I, late? Yeah, I told him I never even saw William. Once he kind of pulled away from me a little bit in that second-to-last run, I didn't see him from that point forward till um, eight to go. Um, so I, I just uh, once I kind of looked at the gap from had that I gained from eight to go to six to go, I was like. We're gonna we're gonna catch them. I was a little worried with the lap cars that were trying to stay on the lead lap and get you know the, the lap back. Um, you know the, there were a couple Fords that were side by side. You know when I had Harvick right behind me, but um, overall I just uh, I knew that I was racing the four uh, for the most part, and it was just a matter of time on the 24. And for Joe, uh, Ben Bayshore is obviously a little frustrated with that call to bring Kyle in uh, for the tape on the grill, which they said had been on there for couple hundred laps I'm curious if I know Ben talked to NASCAR I'm curious if you talked to NASCAR and is, is there any are you miffed about it 
No, I haven't, but I will. I think the point was, you know, when that happened, if that was a penalty, then address it. And it wasn't till I think, two stops later. And so I think that's our concern of, you know, because that would cha completely change their strategy. And uh, so I think that will be something we discuss and go over. Okay, let's come up here to Al. Yeah, Coach Al Pearson, Motor Week. There haven't been many times during your term as an owner when you've had to pep talk a team. You've had pretty pretty good sailing. What? How did you approach this kind of mini slump? Did you sit down with everybody individually or one big group or what? No, I, I give the credit to the crew chiefs. They're the coaches over here, and they're in it. Uh, it's For them, it's you know, every day, 18 hours a day. So uh, they do a good job with it. Our meetings on Mondays, we talk everything over. There's discussions about, you know, how do we go forward? How do we make this up? And I think generally as a group, we just got real good, real good people. And we know we're giving it everything. And I think I think what it, this shows is how hard it is because we've got great people working really hard. And, you know, my cre I always give credit to the people that found it. They go after it. They're winning races. And that's what we want to do. But we got a great group, and I just thank the Lord that we got this because it means so much to every one of these are hard to get. I know Denny and Chris will tell you that because they are hard to get. Last year, I think we were nine times we were top three or something and, and didn't get the win. And so... These are hard to get. It's great for FedEx. It's great for our sponsors. You know, it's great for Toyota. And so that's what I always think about, you know, is those people. And everybody back at the race shop, you know, Coy leading that group on the other side, uh, all those guys, I wish they were here to enjoy it, you know, when you get a win like this. But I'm taking some time here because it's just a big deal for us. He, he, the motivation from the team comes by the example that Joe sets. And, you know, Joe is um, not in his younger years, but he works full-time at the race shop. I couldn't imagine, you know, you know, double my life from now working as hard as he does. And so he can crack the whip and go home and relax or whatever, but he doesn't he he works hard himself and that the people that work in the shop see him walk in the shop floor for eight hours a day and so it ain't like you know he's just a an owner and and makes the calls and y'all just go do the rest he's hands-on owner and you i've been part of this organization from the very beginning and it's not hard to want to work hard for him because he he puts his you know life and blood into this race team. This is what he does. This is his family races for a living. And so um, I just the guy's worth work ethic is just unmatched. And you know that's what's so great about this team and and makes you feel good when you can get a win for him. Here here. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Pat disagrees with you. We 
We tried staying at home. That doesn't work in our, our family. <laughs> Thank you, Denny. That's yeah. over here. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. A couple for Chris. Um, you referenced you know, Phoenix. Can you give me a sense of, I don't know if it's let down that, that weekend is, was, and how the process of going and attacking things, obviously you guys work hard every week, to get the results and the change from Phoenix to here and what, what went into what, what you guys got, what JGR got? Yeah, that's, that's a tough question. And, and in today's NASCAR schedule, the one thing that's hard to find is anything common. Like we're comparing Richmond to Phoenix, which any insider will tell you is not much of a comparison. But it's it's all we have to draw off of these days because they've done such a nice job. Hello. They've they nope. We're all dead. I'll I'll talk. They they've done such a nice job of diversifying the schedule such that there is not a common grid. I mean, the first seven races they're all wildly different. And you're going to go to Martinsville, it's different again. And then a dirt race, and then on and on and on. So. You know, yes, we learned stuff leaving leaving Phoenix. Test, test. Stuff. Yes, we've learned something leaving Phoenix that we're going to move forward to here with. But you know, listen, this is a this is a great track for our company. It's a great track for our drivers. Um, it, it's one week, but it feels good to to get it right as a as a company. And um, you know, for me, while I, while not getting into details, what I keep telling everybody. What I'm looking forward to most is that I know we're not at our best right now. There's a lot of things internally that we got to get better, and we're on a road to doing it. And uh, it's nice to be able to win in spite of that, to be honest. And also, um, you guys—you probably wrote the strategy. You guys got off, or the 19 got off on a different strategy here. So at the end of the day, JGR was covered with two different strategies. I think the point can be looked at. Maybe it's a little bit different situation, but at Vegas. Where, where the uh, you know all the JGR, JGR cars did the same thing, so you did it, the, the Hendrick move wasn't covered. How much when you go through the strategy? How was the decision to kind of go in the way you were going and not go off in a different path to make sure that you know JGR was covered? It could have been you guys as opposed to the 19. How was that? Or is that as much done by the command center uh, feeding you certain things, or how was that done? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think the success of our company, I think Joe could speak to this, is sometimes a downfall, and that he allows the and encourages the head coaches and the drivers to to you know be selfish and, and to do what you think's right for your race team at all times. And I, I think you can't argue with the number of wins that have come from that mentality. But when it comes to covering all aspects of a race, to your point, when a strategy is split, that is not top of mind because we think more about what's best for your car number than what's best for the team. So sometimes, like Vegas, you'll see where you know you don't diverge the way you should to cover all your bases or converge. In the case of Vegas, I could I could make some points of some things maybe should have done different in hindsight there. Unfortunately, we were you know, looking at bent control arms again. But um, it's difficult, and it's a very fine line to walk, and I, and I can't imagine all the experience and years of, of coaching and leading people that Joe has seen 
and certainly this race team, um, there's there's Mondays where you wish it were different, and there's Mondays where you're glad it's not. But I think overall, you learn from all of those situations, and clearly our way of doing things has stood the test of time as, as being pretty good. So um, to answer your question specifically about this race, it, it was – I felt like we were more of a short run car than a long run car. Um, generally speaking, I felt like the four kind of behind me, there's a very short window when you're supposed to do certain things. And and he set it off. We were on the fence about which way we were going to go. So as much playing the man as playing the situation. And once it gets got set off a certain way, um, you you work all day long, all all year long, to train your instincts. That's why you work Monday through Saturday, um, and and all of the race team does, and Denny does. But in the instant, you've got to trust your instincts. If you think long, you will think wrong. And um, it was just something about that moment. I knew, okay, we're going this direction, and that's what we did. Thank you, Barry Richmond, Piedmont Broadcast in WAKG in Danville. Uh, I guess you touched on, Chris, about not necessarily being able to transfer Phoenix to Richmond to other short tracks, but, um, Denny, from the perspective of the current-gen car, what's been the biggest adjustment as a driver that you've uh, had to make and maybe this, the strength that you see in this current incarnation of the current-gen car? Well, I, I think that, you know, for me it's just I, I was – kind of really honed in on the previous generation car on each track and you know had enough notes and enough memory track memory at each one of them to know that what I was searching for in a feel uh, that was correct and and won races and the challenge to this one is figuring out what this car likes and how it makes speed and I got to start all over again um, when I come to these racetracks so that's the biggest challenge of it beyond any, you know, shifting or braking or steering or anything like that. Uh, those are all challenges, but it's more just figuring out what makes this car tick and what makes it go around the racetrack in the shortest amount of time and what is my role in that. Uh, for a coach, uh, two days straight, um, victory yesterday, victory today. Uh, here at Richmond. Talk about that from an organizational standpoint. I can tell you this, we love coming to Richmond and we got so many people here that uh, we know and pull for us and the football world and all that. So it's really, for some reason, when we come here, I'd say it's probably our favorite place to come if you want a victory. I'll put it that way. And so we feel good about it and, you know, I'm just thrilled to uh, have a chance to win at a place like this where there's so many great fans and so many of them we've been around for a long time so we just appreciate coming here good jordan uh, jordan bianchi the athletic i have a few questions so bear with me um denny this is for you when, when you kind of start off like you have this year do you look back at previous slow starts of the year you know 2010 first five races your best finish was 17th and yet you know you almost won the championship that year do you draw strength from that um, well, I thought that there was no year that compared to this one, but that's, that's good that, you know, that I, I didn't realize that. Um, but you know, I honestly, I, I didn't, 
I didn't. I, I went on NASCAR.com for the first time and looked at the standings last week. Yeah, I just knew we were buried. I, I, whether you're 32nd or 23rd, it's like, what's the difference, right? It's just, yeah, I know with it, we got a hole to dig out of. But, you know, I, I told you guys on Saturday, like, am I concerned? No. You know, like, we're, we're going to be okay. We're going to make the playoffs. So, you know, if we don't, then he should fire me. But, um, I'm not really yeah <laughs> but instead now I'm going to ask for a raise so <laughs> you always do that <laughs> uh but I mean I, I didn't I don't draw parallels to it every season is so different um but just you know certainly our our points position at the time wasn't indicative of like we were a 20 something place team um, but did I think we were like a 10th place team? Yeah, probably. You know, that's probably about right uh, when you average it all out. Uh, but I mentioned three tracks in the first six that I thought, okay, well, we could have won those if we didn't make mistakes. So um, I, I didn't, I don't get too panicked because, like we talked about with the team, they just have so many good people that eventually it, it works itself out when you can't just continue to have, you know, cautions not fall your way and you know get run into here and there and it's just like eventually that starts can't roll the dice and it continue to roll seven out every time eventually you're going to hit a point here and there so uh, the odds are that if you just keep keep banging on the door it's going to open and that's what we're trying to do and this question is for chris chris we hear denny talk about not being panicked or anything what was your assessment through this were you panicked were you did you believe we're going to be just fine this is going to work itself out we've had speed some weeks and Eventually, we're going to make the playoffs and no problem. Yeah, the the answer is exactly the same um, as his. But but I will say the, the catalyst for such uncertainty was this next-gen car that is now current-gen car. And and it is not only is it so different to drive, but it it is massively different. I mean, it is the fundamentals of what it takes to make this car go good from a technical aspect are literally backwards. And um, because of that, you, you see a lot of of parity and comers and goers with good setups and bad setups. And then you've got the difficulties of learning how to drive them and making some mistakes along the way and the difficulties of, of learning the parts and pieces and, and dealing with some of the failures as, a, as an industry, trying to learn a new car. And, and all of the competition uh, gets wrapped up in some of that. And <laughs> I'll give you a great example. Uh, Chase Elliott coming into this race, I think, was the points leader, right? And I, I honestly, when I learned that leaving uh, Coda last week, for some reason it floored me. And and the reason was not that Chase and that team isn't a fantastic team, but it was it was literally the opposite of us. I don't think they've been stellar anywhere, but they've not had any whammies, evidently. You know, because I think of Ross Chastain, that guy's been killing it. He was like fifth in points. But he's evidently had some whammies along the way with these new cars and, and circumstances that that right now there's just a lot of uncertainty. And Denny, I know, has been, been beating the drum on it a lot, that you're going to see comers and goers very quickly in the standings right now. And it's just because things are, are so new. But too many good people. You got Toyota, you got FedEx, you got Joe Gibbs Racing, you got all the brilliant people that I get a chance to work with day in and day out. 
you ain't going to hold people like that back. You just got to keep working, stay the course, and you'll get your wins. Last question for me. Um, kind of following up on Bob's question earlier about the tape on the grill, Chris. Um, what is, an ex for your perspective as a crew chief, what is a, an acceptable response from NASCAR when they're reviewing something like that? This apparently happened 125-ish, and, you know, they didn't learn until, you know, 50 laps to go or thereabouts. I, I don't know any of the details about what happened there, so I can't comment on it much. All I heard was in my, I scan NASCAR, some crew chiefs do, some don't, I do, and I heard them post the 18 for putting tape on, or having tape on the grill, and again, without getting specifics to the technical side of the cars, you, you wouldn't do that. It, so there's no reason. So I thought to myself, God, I don't know. Maybe they tried to put tape on a brake duct and missed or something. I, I, I don't know. Um, or I, I was thinking, could it have been debris? Like, you know, pick up some. I, I just didn't know. Um, but the bottom line is there, there's no reason uh, that you would want to do that. So I was confused by the whole situation. Okay, we'll go all the way in the back and then up to Bob. Jordan Bonner on Odyssey Richmond. Uh, Denny, you kind of talked about it a little bit in victory lane, but and, and even Coach kind of touched on it. Getting a win here at Richmond, obviously, everyone knows you're from Chesterfield and that sort of thing, but does it make it that much more special? Like, does it, does it have any sort of different feel going to victory lane at Richmond? Um, and then a, a second question, uh, you, you talk about coaches work ethic in the shop for you as a as a owner yourself do you sort of model your your sort of ownership style off of coach Gibbs and do you sort of lean on him a little bit for 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 guidance or yeah. advice or anything like that I as mean an owner? yeah I mean I, I wish I could work as many hours as he does but uh, you know I've got you know my job uh, here's the driver of the 11 car and you know I, I, I really donate you know, f at least four days a week on that. And that's my focus. And then, you know, I shift to my team in the middle stages of the week, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, you know, set up all my meetings uh, for that, for the, for the team on, on their, on those days. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, there's a lot that I model after Joe, um, you know, or, when we talked about building the team, it was he was the first person I sat down and 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 asked. And the first thing he says, "You're an idiot." And then the um, you know the you know the second thing is, "Let me know how I can help." Like, and and we we need his help. We we, we need his help all the time. We're um, you know my people talk to his people that are in the same departments, and um, we obviously have a technical alliance with those guys, so we really rely on them quite a bit uh, on that side. Um, you know, we're not ready to hire 200 or 300 people quite yet. Um, but, you know, it's it's an important working relationship that, you know, I hope continues for a, a very long time. Um, you know, the, these guys are the ones that took the chance on me. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. There wasn't any other top teams at the time looking to sign me uh, way back in the day, just a short track guy. And then FedEx, just, you know, what a risk. You know, it's just like just trust in what him and what his son was saying that we believe in this and so that that certainly is, is special for me um but as far as your question about the track yeah it's it it is more special there's no question about it um i had more family and friends here than any other racetrack i, I drove all the way to amelia last night and hung out with a bunch of friends in their barn froze my ass off had a beer one 
year. And, uh, but it was like, it was fun to just kind of get back and see everyone from school. And, you know, it was just, it was just so cool to kind of see all that and, and spend time with them. And, um, it was, uh, you know, did, did it mean that we won? No, but it just, it's a, it's a big feeling inside when they all come to the race and say, you know, we'll see you after in victory lane, right? And then you're able to do it. So uh, it's it's just special because I, I sat in the stands here and watched the greatest short track drivers run around here. I've watched them different techniques, and this track hasn't changed. The shape of it have, hasn't changed. So I watched, you know, guys like Rusty that were extremely good here, like their lines entering turn one and, you know, that changes with cars and stuff, but still the way they make speed is such an art form. And, um, you know, you just try to do your best as a driver. And, I mean, I, I got Kevin right behind me pressuring me, but I knew that no matter what, if I hit my marks and I concentrate on my job, that, like, it was going to be very difficult for him to, to get around me. And part of hitting my marks is, like, I can't miss it by that much. If I do... My car takes off, and then I miss it by three feet, and then I'm in big trouble. So you have to be so precise at this racetrack uh, because there's there's specific time being made in a certain way that it, it's just it – is, it is art. Okay, come up here to Bob. Uh, Bob Hockers, Fox Sports. For Chris and Coach, uh, can you evaluate the new choreography on the pit stops? Uh, Coach got to watch it from a much different lens than me. Obviously, I'm focused on – on the 11 car, my guys, but in general, I would say our pit crew has been on fire all year. Um, we probably really haven't given them the 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 results that they deserve. Uh, so this was this win was especially thrilling for me in so many ways, and and one of which was we gave them the ball twice in the last stage, not once, and both times they executed flawless. I mean, they gained us time both times, and when and when you're Performing this really long 140 lap math problem, um, them exceeding those numbers just buys you money in the bank, and and they've been doing that all year. Um, the latest choreography was a big part of that. I'm not going to downplay that, and uh, uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained, uh, nothing great comes without risk, and uh, I'm happy to be a part of um, continuing to push those boundaries. Yeah, I mean it was a team win. I mean he had such a huge role that. Pit crew had such a huge role. I had a huge role. The people in the shop had such a huge role. Like it was, this might have been one of the biggest team. Like everyone had a hand in uh, this this victory, and that that's super satisfying. Okay, let's come over here to the middle. Right yeah, I I think it's a work in progress. I think it's something that. Our guys have really worked hard on, and um, so I, I think this is the first time that, you know, the game plan was to use it here, I think, NASCAR and everybody. But I think it will be interesting because I think we had some of our guys with regular choreography and some with that. So I think that will be, a, like I said, a work in progress. We'll analyze it and see what we think. and. Uh, that's one of the fun things about sports. You know, you get something new and a different way of doing something. I, I think that's one of the fun things. Michael Massey, Front Stretch. Uh, have you guys ever had a race, Denny and Chris, where 
you started out, it seemed like you guys weren't the best car in your stable. The other three cars at one point were in the top six. You weren't even in the top ten. Uh, have you ever had a race where you just figured it out like that before? And even before the strategy with the fresher tires, you guys really picked it up. Yeah, there were two key restarts. One is when we had the tire advantage that got us you know, into the top ten. And then once we got there, I had another really good one that got us into the top three or four. And, you know, that just it changed the game. I mean, you know, the arrow is just so sensitive on these cars. The further you go to the front, the better your car just naturally is. And, and it's crazy to because even when they get strung out, it's just your car just runs faster. You know, I, it's hard to explain it. Um, but we made it better, too. We, we certainly made our car better. Um, it takes time to adapt to your car and figuring out, for me, okay, well, this is what I've got. We're not going to change this problem that we have in the car unless we put it in the garage. So how can I make the best lap time I can given this problem that I have? And it just takes a while for me to start to understand it. And, you know, once I start to understand it, then I can tell him how he can improve the things that we can change. And so... Um, really, there wasn't any panic. You know, I kind of knew, listen, I was frustrated. We weren't in the top 10, and we were just kind of hanging around there. Um, but we just kind of worked. I mean, that's the way we do it. Is He says, you know, tell me what you need. I try to do the best to, to give him the information he needs. But And then he works his strategy, and then I do my job on the restarts. And so it's just it's why it works is that, you know, you don't give up, and you just um, – do your job and you have faith that they're going to do theirs and then does this make up at all for last year where you guys kind of played the opposite role and dominated and had it taken from you uh i always nothing makes up you know that's just not the way that we think right it's like you still think that you should have won the ones you should have won but it's it, it is exciting i mean certainly it's exciting to win them in this sort of fashion you'd, you'd love to win by a lap but if you can win on the last lap that's it's a more exciting way to win uh, adam cheek frontstretch.com rich time dispatch and odyssey rich and to kind of piggyback off of what my coworker jordan said um getting the win at richmond how special this track is did it make it that much more gratifying after coming so close last year and not having one here in like five years yeah uh he actually asked me when was the last time i couldn't remember i think it was 17 uh that we won but uh, you know, I just I, I take a lot of pride in, in, you know, the way I approach short tracks and stuff. And, you know, my my way is sometimes antiquated at some tracks and, you know, I have to adapt. Uh, but, yeah, it's just these types of tracks like he knows I get really frustrated when we, we don't run well at this type of racetrack because I feel like I can make a difference. Uh, I feel like I know the feel that I want to feel in the car. And it just becomes frustrating from my standpoint when I can't get the car to do what I want it to do. Um, but as long as you trust the process and, and you go to work when you have those bad races, typically when, you, when, when we come back, we're, we're usually always better because of our process to, to you know, figure out you know, the margins and where we need to get better. And, and I do my part. He does his. Okay, let's go over to Chase, and then we'll go upstairs for the press box for one. ChaseWilliamNASCAR.com. Denny, um, 
There's been a lot of attention on the aggress aggression of younger drivers as well as the recent stretch of wins by younger drivers. Do you feel like today was a race where, especially towards the end, where the differing pit strategies and the tire conservation favored veterans like you and Harvick? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, think I talked to um, radio about that before the race, and, and they said that, you know, this is going to be a veteran day. I, I don't know. I mean, Blaney led for a lot of it, and then, you know, Truex uh, got up there, and then Byron did. But, um, yeah, I, it's it's tough to, you know, really draw a parallel to that. But um, it's just when, when you have so many laps at a track like this that is so technical, even though it doesn't look technical, it is, usually with track knowledge does matter uh, at this track. And so, um, you know, Harvick's run up more laps than I have around here. Uh, but... You know, Truex, myself, Harvick, we, we've got a ton around here. And when our car is not running or performing how we need it to perform, we can do things to manipulate it to maximize lap time to at least put us in the game. So um, I think being a veteran of the sport you know, probably helps in those instances. Okay, let's go up to the press box. ChrisKnightCatchFence.com. Uh, Chris, is there anything that you learned this weekend at Richmond and perhaps what you can learn next weekend at Martinsville that you can apply to Bristol in two weeks with the next-gen car? Bristol dirt? Uh, I don't know. The, the neat part about uh, where we're at right now is there's so little that the race teams know that every lap on the racetrack, you better be learning something, and it's pretty significant. Like, we we struggled at Phoenix and went to a Darlington test and I learned a ton about Phoenix at Darlington <laughs> that I helped apply to this race. So, I mean, that tells you where we're at. I mean, Phoenix, Darlington, Richmond. So you got to be learning each and every day, each and every week. And, um, you know, again, I, I, I know with our team specifically, and when I say team, I mean Joe Gibbs Racing and, and certainly the 11, we got a lot of good stuff coming. Um, we're not hitting on all eight right now. But we know the direction we got to march, and, and uh, while all race teams, I'm sure, can say that to a certain degree right now because the car's so new, um, it's a lot of fun from that aspect. It's a lot of work. It's super frustrating because I know he's not going to drive a perfect race car on any Sunday right now. You're just not there. You're just not going to get it that perfect right now. Um, but our job is to be better than everyone else, not be perfect. And today we found a way to do that. Go ahead, Kelly. Kelly KellyCrandallRacer.com. Chris, I've got two for you. Um, I'm just curious, obviously, with the, it's a long season already, NASCAR, and now this year is the one off week later in the summer. How concerned are you about just monitoring your guys for burnout and just making sure you're taking care of them when it comes to just being put through the ringer this year? Uh, for sure, definitely. Uh, enough that I spent weeks of the off season putting together an organized schedule that would give each of my guys um, two extra weekends off. And it's done in a, in a way that won't hurt the race team. It's scheduled, choreographed. It's not haphazard. They all know what weekends they're getting off and when because um, I think it's a big deal. Uh, on, on top of rolling out a new car, we're now all traveling more than we have with a much reduced roster, um, park shortages. You know, there's no secret on all that. So it's a lot of work for these guys. It's a big deal. And uh, I, I spent a lot of time in the offseason trying to get it to where I thought we could get it. Yeah, and that gets us into the 
into my second question, which is, or are you going to be in a position to maybe swap guys out and move people around if you had to? It's, it's all done. Yeah. Yep. I, I literally, from race one to 36, they all know when they're getting off and who's going and how behind the wall choreography is going to change. I mean, it's a big deal. Uh, I, I didn't want it to be a distraction. If you didn't do it right week to week, it would be a distraction. But I wanted it to be such that everybody could plan an off weekend with their families and all that's been done. Okay, let's go over here. Let Anybody got anything for Joe? Let him go home. Well, they're yelling at me back there. Thank you. There you go. What about Matt? One more for Joe. How about upstairs? Anyone? Any more questions for Joe? Yeah, uh, Randy Holman from the Richmond Times Dispatch. Uh, you, you talked about the uncertainty of of, the, of trying to learn how to work the car and the things you learn from track to track that that sort of translated. So. When you go to Martinsville, do you yeah. think you've got any tricks up your sleeve that are going to work there? Joe, you got any tricks up your sleeve Please. for Martinsville? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be standing on the sideline praying. That's about <laughs> all I got. Now, I, I think you probably meant, you know, to Denny. So on that one, I, it, it's we like Chris said, it's so week to week. I I I don't know. I mean. You know, I, I hope not, but, you know, we win this week. We could run 15th. I, I, I have no idea. You know, until we go back to tracks for the second time, um, everything is so new that it's impossible to predict. I, I, I could see Martinsville be one of the different, more different races for a guy like Denny that we've went to yet. I mean, Denny is so honed in at Martinsville through so many different types of car over his career. But in a cup car, we just took 80 horsepower away from him. We gave him a two-inch wider tire. It's a 200-pound heavier car. It's got a higher center of gravity. It's got better brakes. He's going to go to Martinsville in the first 10 laps if he has lost his last year's Easter egg because he was so honed in on what was perfection for Martinsville for that car over so many years. And this car is going to be wildly different. So I, I think that's fun. I think that I think that's a lot of fun for you guys to watch. I think that's why you're seeing great racing. Um, but, golly, it's a lot of learning right now for these guys, for sure. Yeah, for Coach, uh, this is probably for the debrief early this week, but have you had a chance to talk to John Hunter and Ty and get them together and kind of walk through what happened on Saturday? Yeah, we you always – you don't want something like that to wind up like that, particularly for John Hunter. And I think Ty tried to explain yesterday that he was – going in there with the intent, you know, I think he was definitely going to try and get underneath and make a move to win. He just didn't think that he was going to hit him that hard. So I, I know I'll talk to him, and what I always talk to Ty about is going right to the person immediately, and he's been pretty good about that. So I would think they would talk that over. We like John Hunter a lot. I, I that, that car was a very fast car, and they did a great job with it, but I think that's always between the drivers, you know, and so I just encourage them to talk about it. Yeah. You know, it was pretty funny, though. I asked Joe about 10 minutes after the race, <laughs> what's your thoughts? And he says, hope you win tomorrow. <laughs> this is I all right. Was, yeah, I, I, I was to, yeah, I was still trying to figure it out. Hey, how we, how we do on that, Coach? Yeah. We yeah. delivered on that, didn't we? <laughs> Thank y'all. Okay, we got time for one more. Let's wrap it up over here. This is for both Chris and Denny. Uh, with how different everything is now with the Gen 7 car, is there anything you can take from the L.A. Coliseum for Martinsville? 
Yeah, that's insane, right? I'm, I'm telling you, uh, and I and and I, I save. The only thing you probably can't take to Martinsville would be something from Daytona. I mean, it's it's just that different. I mean, you're learning that much every week. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't stress to you enough. If you're not connecting dots from week to week and track to track right now, you're not doing it right. Okay, guys, we appreciate you. The racing, the big one, the camping, it's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Man, Kyle, they're going to have the big one on the boulevards, the free concert in the infield, free camping on the outside. It, it's just going to be the makings of another great weekend. You know, each year it just gets a little bigger and a little better, like State Fair. But, uh, Kyle, they come out with a list of uh, the Hall of Famers. This, what do you think? Well, I think Matt Kenseth definitely deserves some uh, recognition, um, being a cup champion and basically, you know, being the reason for, you know, him leading the entire season for NASCAR to restructure their point system. Um, but, you know, still, um, you know, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, now we have the playoffs and everything. But, you know, Matt Kenseth was the last Winston Cup Series champion in 2003. So, um, you know, with, with, with such a good season he had with his consistency and, uh, you know, definitely definitely uh, deserves some consideration. And even coming back um, like he did um, back in 2018, you know, part-time for Roush. So, um Definitely was was uh, was good. Um, didn't win, but was was running up front. You know, he finished second at the Brickyard in 2020 for Chip Ganassi Racing when he you know when they called him back into the 42 car. So I mean, he did have some good runs toward the end of his career. Um, I know he didn't win, but you know you know with him and the lineage and that family, you know, with starting out with Robbie Reiser in the NASCAR Bush Series and getting success and racing against Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, you know, really a lot. You know, winning the Coca-Cola 600 in his first race in 2000 um, definitely has, you know, working with Jack Roush and, you know, definitely uh, has a lot of accolades. Um, winning the Daytona 500 twice in 2009 and 2012. So, um, you know, definitely uh, up for consideration, I would think. Um, you know, uh, getting up into the uh, – getting up into the – you know, running with Joe Gibbs Racing toward the end of his career and winning the, those races. So, um, you know, I always think about Matt Kenseth, you know, the way that 2017 ended. I know um, he was, you know, they were good that year. Um, I know the, the, the wins really don't can't really show for just the Phoenix race. But still, uh, you know, was up there toward, you know, when he was in the 20 car, had that good season in 2013 when he was runner-up to Jimmy Johnson. So, um, yeah, Matt Kenseth definitely had some more championship runs in him. Um, just never able to seal the deal, but still won championship. You know, he still can say that. He has that one title. And I know uh, I know we don't talk much about it on here. You know, like his son Ross, 
um, did win an ARCA race in Michigan in 2015 with uh, Ken, Kenny Schrader. Um, did do that, and he did make his NASCAR Nationwide, or excuse me, NASCAR Xfinity debut at Chicagoland in 2015. So um, a lot of, a lot of uh, lineage in the Kenseth family um, in racing, whether it was Ross or with Matt. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, he was actually just in the booth, too. Matt Kenseth was in the Fox Sports booth at Auto Club. So, um, you know, and, and toward the end, like I said, toward the end of his career, he won at Martinsville and, you know, he ran at tracks where he didn't normally run a good at in the past. Darlington, Martinsville, um, Pocono um, did get wins there. So um, I, I did notice that toward the end of his career as he got better at other race tracks, and you know, definitely showed uh, you know the the the, race, the 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 sudden success that he had at Joe Gibbs Racing in that twenty car. Yeah, uh, Kyle. You know, this year they had only three inductees. It, is there a, what's the number this year? Do you know, Kyle? I don't know off the top of my head, but I I know that they did you know they did release that list today. Yeah, I seen the re- the list, but I didn't know how many they was going to actually induct out of that list. Well, Kyle, hey man, it's been a heck of a night. I want to thank Bobby Jones for calling in, man, and uh, wish him a successful weekend this weekend. At, Mahoney Valley, uh, Kyle. Uh, I don't know what tracks you. We've talked about several tracks that I'm going to be able to go with you at, and I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, Rowdy, we have a nice Pocono weekend planned on July. Uh, we're going to try and get you out to as many places as possible, um, depending on what day you get here. Um, I kind of have an idea of what what we're going to do, and. Uh, Hopefully uh, we'll, we'll make the most out of it. I don't know if we're going to be able to hit every single thing, but we're going to try like heck to do that. So, um, like we were talking Williams Grove, I mean that's been in discussion. Um, just trying to make sure we get everything at Pocono before we do go to Williams Grove. So um, that's what's going to be in, important. And like I said, the, the Cup race is going back to 400 miles. So um, that was something that I guess I just got announced. So um, yeah, so we'll have, have all four series there and. Um, that's kind of my big big event coming up. Other than that, uh, just going to try and hit the short tracks in the meantime. Yep. So we're headed to Martinsville, Kyle. Uh, flat track, still short track racing, heated uh, day race. Uh, I think it's kind of a Toyota. Could be another. Could be another Hamlin win. You never know. Yeah, Rowdy, and it's going to be three night races. It's going to be three yeah. night races in Martinsville, something we don't typically see. So it's it's going to be all night racing for the three series. Well, all right, Kyle, man, I appreciate it. Hey, we'll talk about this all again on Thursday night. Yeah, thanks for Bobby Jones coming on tonight, uh, you know, at the last minute. Uh, thanks to Dino for that. I hope he's listening. And, uh, you know, he's been a great help for us in the EMPA. And, you know, hopefully we'll get some more great guests from him. I, I like it, Kyle. From the dirt of Pennsylvania to the dirt of Alabama.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.